Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there. Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to Your Life the Mixtape presents Headliners. Each week, I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick. This week, I am joined by an acclaimed singer-songwriter who should have been famous about a decade ago. His new album, Haunted by the Holy Ghost is available for pre-order right now, and I highly suggest uh, that you go on ahead and do that. Please welcome to the show, Ryan Hamilton. Hello. Hi. I love the uh, should have been famous a decade ago. I think I, that sounds like something I probably said. Why don't we throw this in there? <laughs> <laughs> Happy so, to be here. Excellent. So tell me, um, if you could collaborate with any artist living or dead who would it be tom petty that's a quick and easy answer tom petty for sure excellent i like that describe uh haunted by the holy ghost using only one word exceptional i'll agree to that absolutely yes Who is an artist that if they popped into this Zoom right now and said, Ryan, I've got to have you come on tour with me. Who are you dropping everything for? Oh, my God. Great question. Uh, There are too many to mention. I love touring. uh, And it's a long list of people that could pop in right now. And I would go, yes, let's go. If you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Oh, man. Another good question. I don't know how much time you have. So let's just the first (laughs) thing that pops into my mind uh, that it caters to the and I'm doing finger quotes few. um, And the majority of us, you know, we're out here operating in the middle. And I would say 90% of artists and singer-songwriters like myself are in this group. And then the top 10%, you know, the big labels with the big money, they're pushing out material by the same five to 10 artists over and over and over. And it creates a situation where the majority of artists, as thankful as I am to live this life and do this, 
we can't break through that last kind of upper tier, that upper thing. They make it impossible because they've saturated the market with the few and with the big money. So I really, I wish that would change. It seemed to be so different a long time ago and everybody kind of had a fighting chance. That's, that's an excellent answer. I like that. And I feel like that applies to the entertainment industry as, as a whole. Right. Amen. What's a venue uh, that you would give anything to play? Oh my God. Uh, Bob Dylan's living room while he's home. I like that. <laughs> I like that. As opposed to playing when he's not home. <laughs> yeah. If I, well, I mean, if I say Bob Dylan's living room and he's not there, that's not really what I'm going for. So let's <laughs> go with that. What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? Oh, God. Greg, I don't have any bad songwriting habits. I have a gift that I'm thankful to have, and uh, I'm not going to have anything negative associated with that process because I love it and I'm thankful for it. Excellent answer. That's fantastic. What's a song that um, anytime you hear it on like the radio or streaming, you go, damn, I wish I wrote that. Again, that's a pretty long list, but <laughs> there is one. So the song Something written by George Harrison, it's technically a Beatles song, but there is something that happens, no pun intended, in that song that when it comes on, it gives me goosebumps and I don't know why. I love that song. I love the Beatles. George Harrison is my favorite Beatle. But um, if I was forced to pick a song, I would say something by George Harrison. That's a perfect answer. And that's, I feel like that's an underrated Beatles song. It absolutely is. You know, it's people make a list of their top 10 favorite songs or whatever you rarely see that on there and it should be way towards the top absolutely describe your perfect day oh my perfect day a day where i get some sort of great news on the music business front i just start my day with my manager or the record label or whatever going Ryan, this happened. Like, you're going to be okay. This is incredible, you know. And then really just nothing else to do the rest of the day except enjoy that news and relax. Excellent. What's a song lyric, yours or someone else's, uh, that's always stuck with you? Oh, that's easy. Um, like a ghost into the fog where no one notices the contrast of white on white, which is a lyric from a song called Round Here by Counting Crows, written by uh, my friend, Adam Duritz. Nice. Not enough love for the Counting Crows, I feel like. Agreed. They're just kind of one of those bands that everyone seems to love, but uh, should be mentioned more with all the, the greats. Yes. What's your favorite cuss word? Fuck. 
<laughs> Describe your music using only colors. Oh, uh, black and blue. Nice. I can see that. <laughs> What's a song that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? Every song on every album. Excellent answer. Hey, I'm not Pick mad one. at it. <laughs> Any song you want, grab one, put it in a movie, please, God. The, uh, and I know these are kind of quick fire, one word kind of things, but I have to tell you, I've, the last two records, we've had film uh, soundtrack people reach out. We get real excited. There's going to be a song in a movie. Um, I've had this happen to me a few times over the past few years. It gets to the final edit and they cut the scene with the song. And that's happened. Oh. That's happened twice. Once with each of the last two records. <laughs> Film people, if you're listening, do not <laughs> cut Ryan's song scenes. Leave yeah. them in. What are Damn you it. doing? Yeah, your movie would be better. Both That's of right. the movies, not a success. And guess what? We we know why. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, next question is kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. Um, I've got three of the most cliche questions that <laughs> all musicians get asked in interviews, and I'll let you pick the one that you would like to answer. Your choices are: Who are your influences? What got you started in music, or what is your creative process like? Oh, God. I can't even tell you how many times I've answered those three questions. <laughs> so let's go with number two because it's the most entertaining. Uh, how I got started in music. So I went to college on a golf scholarship. And when, when I was at <laughs> Abilene Christian University, it's very strict, very like private Christian university where I went to play golf. Um, I got injured. The trainer uh, for the university, they used to put heating pads on our backs to help us stretch. And they would put them in the microwave. They would get them extra, extra hot, um, which was apparently an old trainer's trick. Well, they got it too hot and they melted the skin off my back. And whenever that happened, um, because of where it was, I struggled to walk. I couldn't wear clothes that were comfortable and it, it really messed me up. Um, and I had to stay still. And whenever uh, that happened, I was like, I need a hobby. I need something to do. I'm going crazy just sitting around waiting for this to get better. So I decided to learn how to play guitar. And that's how I got started in the music business. <laughs> it was really late. And it was because I had a golf team injury in college that is the wildest story i have ever heard that was an adventure from start to finish <laughs> oh god what is your strangest pre-show ritual um you know i don't really have one a lot of people do they warm up they do all the things you know <clears throat> excuse me the things that most people do, but um, I don't get nervous. I don't have a 
a routine. I've never been nervous, which I know is a blessing, but um, I'm just kind of waiting. And then when it's time to go walk out there and do it. So uh, maybe I should get a routine, a pre-show something. But as of now, I don't really have one. Do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Oh, great question. Um, when it comes to songwriting and artist, whenever it comes to playing shows and entertainer. Excellent answer. How many alarms does it take to get you out of bed in the morning? None. I'm getting old and I'm waking up early. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Zero alarms. I can't remember the last time I needed an alarm to wake me up. I'm up at five. I don't know what's happening or when this started, but yeah, none. Yeah. There's something like when you cross like 37, cause that's when it happened for me <laughs> that like, yeah. you just, Oh, the sun's up. I gotta be up time to go. Oh, God. I know. I pray for like just sleeping really late on a Saturday or what. And it's just not going to happen. Those days are over. <laughs> What do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? Um, that it's all sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, a, a tour bus is disgusting. Let's just get that out of the way now. Tour buses are not, it's like camping. You know, if people wonder why musicians always have that greasy look, it's because we go to bed sweaty on a tour bus. It's not because we're trying to look that way it's because you can't really shower on a tour bus so we're all there after the show on the bus literally what people do is they buy like the a packet of the face wipes and everybody bathes themselves that way on a tour bus you wipe down with the face wipe and go change clothes and that is not conducive to any sort of sex, drugs, and rock and roll situation. Are, are people <laughs> drinking and having a good time? Yes. But when you're on that bus, you're just trying to get to the next place. And excuse me, it's fucking gross. I love it. But there's not that whole thing going on that people think is going on uh, on a tour bus. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the moment in your career that you're most proud of. Oh, my God. I don't feel like that moment's happened yet. I'm, people have been telling me I'm going to be whatever for so long that, honestly, Greg, I'm just thankful to still be doing it and, you know, have had whatever success I've had to maintain this kind of mid-level, let me, you know, sell out a theater as opposed to a stadium i've just kind of become thankful for that so uh i can't really pick out it was this um <laughs> i'm just i'm just thankful to still be doing it you know Excellent. if you could start your career over from the from the minute that you decided to learn to play the guitar would you do anything differently? Yes, absolutely. There, in this business, it's, you know, you hear the same story over and over. 
young band signs a bad record deal. I had that stupid same thing happen to me. The first record deal I signed, first band that was anything a long time ago and didn't find out till way after the fact that they owned my songs that I wrote forever or to use their language in perpetuity and you know you get dropped by a record label and you're like well that's okay I'm gonna be okay I have my songs but I didn't even have those and it was that same sad story young artist signs bad deal you know and I'm never gonna get those songs back not in my life will I ever get those back and that's that's a pitfall that like you hear pretty often even with like some of these bigger name artists that you know they early in their careers they signed these shit record deals and they lost their masters it's terrible and what's crazy is we all fall for the same trick we fall for the you're going to be so successful after this record or this record it's not going to matter you're not even going to think about this first record but they screw you so bad on the first one that, you know, any money you make, they're putting back into the record. And I mean, I generated hundreds of thousands of dollars for my previous record label. I mean, it's been God, 15 years ago, so it's old news, but, um, and they would take it and just put it back into the record. So you're constantly in debt. You don't owe, own your songs it's a terrible, terrible thing. And I think people are more clued in now than they used to be. But you would have thought, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago, somebody like myself would be smart enough to go, this isn't going to happen to me. And it still happens. What keeps you up at night? Oh, God, Greg, nothing. <laughs> Fall asleep like an old man, wake up with no alarm. Nothing is keeping me up. I'm sleeping <laughs> like a baby and then waking up early. So tell me about uh, Haunted by the Holy Ghost. Yeah, so Haunted by the Holy Ghost, people have been like, I'll tell you something really funny. This is not a joke. This is true. For the last 14 years, Almost every single year, I've been nominated for some form of best new artist. That's that's not a joke. That's actually true. So I'm 41 years old. So I keep getting like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Best new album, best new whatever. Just forever. It's like Groundhog Day, sort of like this weird thing that's, I don't know why it's happened to me. But this album, I think I finally got to the point where I went, I don't fucking care anymore. I'm just going to kick the door down and do whatever I want. The lead single is a song called Asshole, which will never get played on the radio. And I know it won't. Um, and that's the song <laughs> the powers that be in my career and in my life are most excited about. So it just feels like this. I don't even know this kind of. I don't want to call it a long shot because it's not. And I'm thankful for where I'm at in this business. But it feels like the big fuck it moment where it's either going to tip the scales or people are going to go, oh, my God, what is going on with this guy? Is he like, is he losing it? Is this it? Or, you know, it feels like 
kind of a Hail Mary, but I've never been more proud of a record, I'll say that. And the record label and all the people in my life all concur that it's the best thing I've ever done. So we'll see what happens. As as someone who has just discovered your music, um, and I I listened to the uh, the previous stream that was sent to me cool. from start to finish. It is absolutely fantastic. Oh, thanks, Greg. You know, I wish I wasn't so jaded and I could just immediately take that and feel like a warm blanket. <laughs> but there's part of me that is just like, sure. But I'm going to 90 percent. That felt good to me to hear that. So thank you. It's I honestly like no skips. I all the way through. I was like, this is this is amazing. I love it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All jokes aside. Thank you. So uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can uh, track you down on the social media. You know, I finally created a TikTok. I didn't want to do it. Like I said, 41 years old, I created a TikTok. And in my description, I put, I'm too old for this shit. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm on TikTok. I think I have 14 followers. It's just, you can just search Ryan Hamilton. There's a comedian named Ryan Hamilton and we actually give each other a hard time. I changed my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle to the Ryan Hamilton, not to be confused with my friend, the comedian. But, um, you know, I'm everywhere now. TikTok was the last thing. And I held out for so long. But like I said, this album and what's happening in my life, it's just time to fucking say i don't care let's do it all so maybe just use google just google me (laughs) (laughs) and uh where can they pre-order the album everywhere whatever country you're in it's it's on amazon it's in your record store it's everywhere i'm i'm right there with all your favorite artists And I'm, you know, but let me just say this. I know we're getting towards the end of this song, or this uh, this interview. But uh, the last album charted two spots down from Taylor Swift. So it was Taylor Swift. I think Neil Young had something, or like Cat Stevens or something. And on the official charts in the United Kingdom, uh, I was number nine, I think. And her, she had just put folklore out, and um, Taylor Swift is playing stadiums, and I'm basically playing living rooms. I'm just aspiring to play living rooms, and she's playing stadiums. So, for the love of God, go pre-order this album wherever, wherever you can get it, and let's show them that some 41-year-old best new artist of the last 14 fucking years can compete. With the Taylor Swift of the world. Ryan Hamilton, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to talk to me a little bit. This has been absolutely fucking fantastic. (laughs) You're welcome, Greg. I hope people enjoy this. I had a really good time.
This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment, all rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent.